Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm joined on the podcast today by Hannah Dolby, author of the new novel, No Life for a Lady. Adele Parks wrote about the novel. This delightfully quirky novel will be a book club pleaser, I believe. It is joyful, original, and that will help you bounce exuberantly into spring. Hannah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, if someone listening hasn't yet heard about your novel, No Life for a Lady, how would you describe the novel? Above all, I would say um, it's funny um, and it's joyful. And it's the story of um, a Victorian lady who's searching for her missing mother. So it's a bit of a mystery, a bit of a suspense, um, historical fiction. And do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to writing No Life for a Lady? I've always loved the Victorian era. I've always found it such a a fascinating period of time, so different from ours, but people still struggling to be human um, within the restrictions of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think originally um, it's quite odd. I was writing quite a miserable novel and my heroine was still called Violet Hamilton. And she was um, struggling within a miserable marriage and having quite a miserable life. And then suddenly I spotted the Comedy Woman in Print Awards and it made me realise that I could have a heroine who is going to have a fantastic fun time. And that changed my writing completely. (laughs) Well, I'm curious, you, you said you were working on another novel. Had you always wanted to be a writer before writing No Life for a Lady? I think so, yes. I think it's always been, um, I did study at university, but that was a long, long time ago, about <laughs> 30 years ago. And um, life takes over, doesn't it? So often sure. we get caught up in the day job. I've worked in PR for, for many, many years and um, worked for some fascinating places like museums and galleries and palaces even, um, which all gave me inspiration. But it's not until the last probably four or five years that I've got back into writing again. That's great. Well, what kind of research did you do about the Victorian era as you were working on the novel? Um, absolutely loads. So um, <laughs> <laughs> so first off, it's set in Hastings, which is a, a seaside town um, to the south of England, um, which was a Victorian seaside town. And um, you can see even today those remnants of all that kind of Victorian splendor. It was built by the same chap or designed by the same chap, um, James Burton, who built um, uh, Regent's Park and the Zoo and and Wellington Arch in London. So it's a very, very grand Victorian seaside town. And that inspired me. So I spent a lot of time walking the streets of Hastings and um, reading up on Hastings. They've got loads of junk shops and antique shops there. So I was wandering around those and seeing what, what bits of info I could find about Hastings. But also... I'm really fond of um, books, secondhand books that that were printed in the Victorian times because I think you get such a good feel for how people thought and lived and um, all the morals of the day. So there were were things like Strand Magazine and um, I ordered Victorian magazines and um, so all sorts of photographs as well. I love finding black and white photographs. So just trying to get... Rather than seeing Victorian life through a modern lens, trying to get as far back as I could to see how people felt then. Sure. Well, can you tell us about your writing process when you were working on the novel? Did you 
plan a lot of the novel before you began writing it? Or did you just kind of have the idea when you said that you suddenly realized that your heroine could be funny and, and fun? And did you just dive into the story? How did that work for you? It was a bit unusual um, compared to most writers, I think, because I, after the Comedy Women in Print Awards, decided um, to just try potluck and um, entered wrote three chapters um, of my novel um, and entered it to the competition, got long-listed and had to write the full novel within three weeks. <laughs> and I don't think I could ever do it before uh, again. I don't think I could ever do it again. It was just a mad marathon. Um, but it also set me free a little bit. So my, in a sense, I didn't have time to come out and say, oh, you mustn't write that or nobody will like that or nobody will enjoy that. <laughs> Basically, my goal was to get the words down, meet the criteria, get it into the competition. And I think that's what got me past probably four years of writing slowly and not really getting anywhere. So that deadline worked for me. And then well, obviously, <laughs> and then I got short, uh, shortlisted, so I came joint second. Then, that's great. Yeah, which is fabulous. Did you get any sleep during those three weeks? <laughs> no, I I didn't, uh, but I loved it. And also, I'm still working full time. I still don't know how I did it, but um, oh wow, you were working full time while you're. I think I took a few days off, but not not. Um, it was quite a busy time at work as well. So I don't really know. I still don't know who that person was who sat down and wrote that book. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, um, that process then led me to get an agent. Uh, luckily, and um. And amazingly, a book deal, um, a two book deal, and um, the book has changed a little since then. So I think it's slightly better than it was, but uh, it uh, had a bit more careful thought to it since then. But uh, <laughs> it was a great. Well, <laughs> are you working on another novel now? Yes, I'm actually working on a sequel. So um, oh. it's not the end of Violet's story. That's um, great. So yes, I'm enjoying working on that too. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's great. Well, what writing advice would you offer for those who may be working on their own stories or novels? 
it's definitely um, a case of just getting that first draft down um, and also and not trying not to let your own thoughts um, stop that, that freedom. For me, it was very much like letting it out my inner child again, like the child that sort of would write amazing stories and take them to your, or r- write rubbish stories and take them to your parents and say, look, look, look what I've done. Um, and if you can just kind of bring back that, courage that you had when you were eight and just put it get it all down it might not be perfect but you'll have something to work on and the edit is so valuable in that process of kind of um looking at what you've got down on the page but often what you put down on the pages is um better than you you realize you can do sometimes your own writing surprises you if you just let it out well, what is it about Violet, your character, that you that you enjoy writing? Um, I think I felt very much that Victorian women you didn't really you don't really see what they think and feel and felt because you see it through this lens of um, I don't know Dickens and and very serious writers, and you see it through. Um, even the women who write about their own lives, I think they've still got a bit of a filter. Every, everybody in the Victorian days had a bit of a filter, so you didn't really know exactly what they were thinking. So I wanted a character who reveals a little bit more of the human side of being a Victorian and what the concerns of a woman might have been in those days, which probably aren't that different from what women think about today. You know, things like... Um, earning an income and, and dating and all sorts of things like that. Um, it's just that she's doing it within her particular um, restrictions of, of, of being a Victorian woman. So I really wanted to clamber into um, into into my heroine's head and try and reveal what she might actually have been thinking then. Um, and I also did want her to um, kind of navigate the restrictions of her time to, to have fun and adventures um, because it worries me that too many women might have been too busy doing domestic tasks, really, to have much fun. So I wanted to find a way that she could. Sure. Well, what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? Um, I read loads. I probably read too much nonfiction. I'm, I'm busy researching book two, but I'm I'm, I'm also. Um, quite fond of Regency Romance. I read, read a few Regency Romances recently. Um, I'm just about to read, which I haven't read yet, but it's a book called The Housekeepers by Alex Hay, um, which is just freshly out as well. And that's, about, that's a crime story about a group of servants or who take revenge or carry out a heist um, on their own. And so I'm really looking forward to reading that. I haven't got round to it yet. And what else have I got? Um... This, um, I'm just going to nip across the room and get a book that appeals. Sure. I've forgotten the title of just one. Yeah, not a problem. Yeah, there's a, another funny book that I love, and this is um, Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers by Jessie Sutanto. And she, I think she won the Comedy Woman in Print Prize, published prize a year or so ago, and it's just really funny. Um, crime uh, caper really and um who done it and it's just really lively and funny and um inspiring so i do tend to go towards books that bring me joy rather than books that make me cry sure well <laughs> do you have any plans to to maybe write a regency romance at some point 
it may come to it. I think the market's quite crowded. <laughs> There's not so many people that write uh, Victorian capers at the moment. Sure. I'm quite happy being where I am at the moment. But, uh, but yeah, who knows? I definitely want to write more. Wonderful. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your books? So um, a website is on my list to do things, but um, I am uh, on, on X or Twitter. Um, um, uh, my, my, my handle is at Lady Dolby. And I'm also on Instagram as Dolby Hannah. So I'm quite easy to find. I tend to um, check. And they quite like wildlife photography, so you tend to get a bit of a mixture of birds and books. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, again, we've been speaking to Hannah Dolby, author of the new novel, No Life for a Lady. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Hannah, thanks for doing this interview. Thanks so much. Great to talk to you. Absolutely. <laughs>